0: Matthew 1916. And behold, one came and said unto him, "Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, "Why callest thou me good?" There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him which? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honour thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt have and thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. We're going to talk about a problem pattern this morning because we see a problem pattern in the man that went to Jesus. And the same problem pattern still goes on to this day among many, many people. Here we have, you understand, a real event, a biblical account of something that has taken place where this young man has gone to Jesus. He is, in the midst of his life, he expresses a sincere interest in the afterlife. He's thinking about never-ending life while he's temporarily on this earth. He goes to Jesus and he's not questioning whether there's an afterlife. He believes there is one. He believes there's one and obviously he believes that Jesus is a good person to go to to ask about it. He's on a good track. He's doing well so far. He wants never-ending life. In people that I have spoken to throughout my life, I haven't found anyone who doesn't want to live forever in a perfect life. And and now I've had a few that have said it's game over and there's nothing else, no more. But it's easy to read through them. That's not what they want. They're just trying to detour around some things. Everyone, I can see it or hear it in everyone I've ever spoken to. They want perfect life for eternity. You know, people disagree on how many places you can go after this life. There are people who disagree on how you get there. There are those who just say that we don't know what it's like or we don't know how to get there. But when it comes down to it, everybody wants it. This young Ruler is on a very sincere search about the spiritual while he's in the midst of the physical and he's here on this earth. And he came face to face with Jesus to talk about it. And he turned away from everlasting life. You know, this makes people go through my mind that I've met or I've seen or I've heard of that I've invited them to church and I got nowhere with them. But then something happens in their lives and they go to church on their own. And they're, they're in a very special season. They're searching for spiritual truth. And praise the Lord, some people are saved. God uses a lot of our difficulties and things that we go through in life that do lead us to salvation. But I have known those who have gone through something severe or they have just experienced something. It doesn't have to be hard or negative. They have experienced a great change in their life and something has happened where they hit this season and they hit this seek and search button and they're looking For the things eternal. And they're looking for. And want to know about. What's beyond this life. And they have that season. And they go through it. But next thing you know. They're gone. And there's no salvation. They weren't saved. Along the way. They came. And they listened and they searched and they left without the most important thing. What is that? To walk away from this spiritual experience with no salvation in their soul. Just like the rich young ruler. People today are just like him. People have a problem pattern just like he did. And we want to help anyone to get out of that rut of the problem pattern. You know what you call a rut, right? A coffin kicked out on both ends. There's nothing good about being in a rut. And we're going to see a four-way rut this morning. We are going to see a problem pattern. And I hope it helps someone to see today why they have not been saved. You probably know the testimony of many. They've gone on in church for years and years and years. And next thing you know, they've been on the membership roll the, the longest. And and. They're the shortest on eternal life, as in none. They had none and they got saved. So what is this all about? We want to be able to help with this problem pattern. And we see four things this morning in the life of the rich young ruler so that we can detect what it is, that we can overcome what it is if you're here and not saved this morning, that you do not walk away sorrowful once again just as this rich young ruler did. And these four problems we're going to share this morning involve what is to be done. The question is, how can I get to heaven He's asking about salvation and his rut and his problem pattern, and maybe someone here or someone listening also. Here's one What is to be done? Another one is Who is Jesus? Another one is What have you done? And the last one is What do you have? So what is to be done? That's where we'll start. Because the rich young ruler comes and he says, What shall I do that I may have eternal life? It's good that he's asking about this. But man, he's in the wrong tense. He is asking as in there is some deed, there's some work, there's some goodness, there's some good thing that he is going to do now, or maybe there's something in his future, and he's asking Jesus, what can I do that I may have eternal life? He thinks within his mind that there is something ahead of him that he's got to do to get it. I feel pressured to try to entertain the family when we get together at my house for, for holidays or whatever. You know, I don't want anybody to be bored. I like for people to laugh. A lot of the teenagers make fun of me because they know that's what I try to do. I just try to come in the picture and make them laugh. When they got a hold of that, they used to laugh. Now they say, that's not funny, Brother Kenneth. And they can't keep a straight face, so I still feel like it's funny. But that's just, I just like for everybody to have a good time. So we hit a low spot with the family over. Fam- family will cut you down. You don't treat them well. All right. So I turn on the TV and I turn on this college football game. And it's in the fourth quarter. And it- just as soon as I hit the channel, everybody in the stands are going nuts. They're going crazy. And, and the game is close. And it's two top-notch teams and I'm thinking, wow, I hit it. There's some people in the room are getting excited. All of a sudden, and it sounds like we're cheerleaders, and we're, we're into this game, and we're watching it. We're watching what they're doing. We're wondering who's about to win and who's pressing forward, doing what they can right now to get that victory. And the games, it ends so close and so close to the end, and it's great, and everybody's going crazy. We're, we're all having a good time. I'm a successful host. A few people weren't interested. But overall, it it was lively. But in another sense, it wasn't very lively because it was a classic college game. Nobody in the room knew, but the game had already happened. I don't know if this game was a year old or two years old, but the game had already taken place. I thought something was going on right then, right now, that was being done so that there could be victory in this game when it's something that had already... Already happened. What needed to be done was already done. The, win- the victory had already happened. The winner had already won the game. And so the rich young ruler says, What am I going to do right now? Or what's coming? What can- good thing can I do? And when it comes to going to heaven, when it comes to salvation, What is to be done has already been done. There is nothing that is going to be done now. If I invited you to my mama's house for dinner, you might think you're going to bring a dish. You might think you're going to go to Polly's and you are going to set the table for her. Let me tell you something. You go to my mama's house, you're not doing anything because she's got it prepared ahead of time. She's got it laid out on the table. And, and when we get there, it's like she hits another gear and she's running around, crossing her T's and dotting her I's sit down sit down and partake sit down to the nothing you're not going to do anything you come to polly's dinner all right the rich young ruler was way behind and he was way too late in the mindset of something that needed to be done for him to go to heaven. And for anyone who is wanting to do something, you're wanting to live a certain way to be able to go to heaven, you're wanting to achieve something, you're wanting some goodness of yourself to make this happen, you are absolutely wrong. You are not going to provide yourself a salvation no matter what you do. You're too late. And even if you were on time, you're not qualified. You couldn't do it anyway. What needs to be done has already been done. Jesus has done it all. Jesus has paid it all. He came to save His people from their sins. He's the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So whatever you think you would ever try to do in order to get to heaven on your own, it was done before you ever were. It was done before this world ever was. In the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, are you thinking, someone, someone listening, someone, are you thinking, because I know several people in this world, I know a multitude in this world are, you're thinking you're going to do something good, you're going to measure up just above the bar to be able to get to heaven. Do you think there's something you need to do to be saved because I want to tell you in the first aspect of this problem pattern that what's to be done for salvation has already been accomplished it's already done it's not and it's not a process that you're achieving that's that's out there all in the world well you hope I'm trying it's not a process it's not a method It's done, signed, sealed, and delivered. And provided for you. Something already done, provided for you. Salvation is offered to the world to be able to go to heaven. It's a fixed, finished deal that is offered. There's no earning. There's no labor to salvation. It's accepting what has already been done by way of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 2. There's a guy named Simeon and he holds up Jesus and he says, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Simeon knew that there already was salvation and he wasn't going to do anything. God just told him he was going to be to be able to be alive to see salvation. He was ready to depart. Because Jesus is salvation. And and check it out. But this young man says, what shall I do? What shall I do for salvation? What shall I do to go to heaven? Somebody's thinking that today. And this is a problem pattern. This is a problem pattern. This is why many people have not been saved because, because they're in the mindset and caught in this pattern that they're going to do something just like him, just like this young man. It's the same today. And you're invited to forget your deeds. You're invited to forget all of your works. You are invited to lay them down and to believe on the one who has done it all. The one who did what you and I can't do, what we could never do, no matter how early we would have came. There's nothing we can do to provide what Jesus Christ did. And we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for what He did on the cross for us because the work that He has already done is what takes you and I to heaven. Let me ask you something else. If you're looking for something to do to go to heaven, what does that say about what Jesus did? What are you saying about all that Jesus did when He went to the cross and He said it was finished and He has done what no one else has ever done before and He has completed salvation? The Bible says you're complete in Him. If it's about What you're going to do, what are you saying about what He has done? Why would we sinners believe that there's something that we could do to be accepted by God and to be able to go to heaven? Why would we believe that and why would we neglect the account of the sinless Son of God who did something for us that perfectly pleased the Father so we can go to heaven. How are we as sinners going to do something and neglect what the sinless one did? Oh, it's such a deep, long deception that has gone on and on and on. It's not respecting God to say, I'm going to try to live it And do what I can to get to heaven. It's an insult to him for what he's done through his son. If you haven't been saved, one problem down here. Maybe this is your problem. Maybe this is is your coffin kicked out at both ends. Maybe this is your rut that you are in. That you are just determined to do something. That you're determined that you're going to feel good if you're living okay and you think you're right. And then you're going to get down and, and think that you're out of sorts and out of it if you are not doing well. What is done will not be done by you for salvation. It has been done by Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. How about about another issue in this problem pattern? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? The rich young ruler calls him good master. As in what? A good person, a good teacher, a very, very, very good man, maybe even a prophet of God, but not God? Look at the reply of Jesus in chapter 17. He, he called him good master. And Jesus says, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. You may look on the surface of that statement, and you may think that there's a separation between Jesus and God. But what Jesus is actually trying to do is to make this young man to be able to connect the dots. To say, you're calling me good, and God is good. Are you, are you seeing? Do you see it? Will you see it that I am God? God. Jesus Christ is God Almighty. Jesus is trying to help him see that. It's the opposite here of what most people think is going on. This is something that the truly saved person knows. You know that Jesus Christ is God. To reduce anything from the deity of Christ puts you in the problem pattern. If he is just a good man to follow, that's not going to lead to heaven. That's not going to get you there. Cults are very clear on their separation from Jesus and God. When they come to your door or you catch them, okay, riding their bikes down the road, however you catch them, hone in on that. And focus on that because they are passionate to separate Jesus from God. But the creator of this universe and the creator of you is also Christ. It, Ephesians 3 9 says, God created all things through Him. Jesus created you. Jesus created all. Jesus is the creator of the universe because Jesus is God. God took on flesh, becoming a man for you and I because the penalty for our sin is death and that penalty is for the human being. So God became, He came down as a human being for you and I that our sin debt might be paid and He might be right to do it because God couldn't just wave it away from heaven he set the penalty for man and man had to pay it and so he is just and he is the justifier of them which believe in Jesus he's right in what he did and he did come down from heaven and became a sinless human sacrifice taking our death penalty in our place in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8 god calls jesus god it's simple to see what jesus has done for you and i who is jesus this is what the child of god has to know this is what you have to know to become a child of god He satisfied the sin debt in our place, taking our sins upon him. The Bible not only refers to Jesus as Savior, but the Bible refers to God as Savior as well. If you do not see that Jesus is God and you are separating God as the Father from God as the Son, that puts you in a problem pattern. There is no reducing Jesus Christ from God. Let me ask you something else this morning. What have you done? Verse 17, middle of the verse with me. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, which... Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? You know what I say? No way. No way has he kept the commandments of God. No way. Does he think he has? I know that religion is very deceptive. And I'm sure that's what he was trained to think, that he was keeping the commandments. But the Holy Spirit has come to convict this world of sin. And and the commandments are actually a teacher, a schoolmaster, that show us that we can't keep them. I think he's lying. Take that for what you want but I think it's more lie than deception because the Bible says that people are willing to proclaim their own goodness. People aren't willing to proclaim their own sin like they are their own goodness. The commandments clearly convict us that we fall short of the glory of God. There must be an understanding that we have sinned against God. That we have fallen short of a holy God. There is conviction and and there is confession of sin within salvation. I'm, I'm not about to talk about which comes first. You know, we have a simultaneous powerful salvation that Jesus is teaching and trying to pull a young man out of the rut of. And within it, there is an understanding that we are sinners. The Pharisee prayed in Luke 18. Where's that Pharisee at? Eleven. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. How do you think that's going to go? Sounds, sounds pretty good. Sounds like he's a top-notch noble character in the world, huh? Well, the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And what does Jesus say? I tell you, This man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. There is a humbling before God. There is not just an understanding that God loves me and He'll save me, and so I I, I throw my my hat in his ring and and my my eggs are in his basket. There must be a humbling and realize that we're sinners. There must be an understanding of what he did on that cross. When he hung on that cross and he bled and he died on that cross, you know it was for unworthy us. You know it was for unworthy you. You know you're a sinner before God if you are saved this morning. And if there's anyone who has never never humbled themselves before God, and realizing that their sin sin is unacceptable before God, there must be a humbling. What have you done? Because it's real hard for the human being to speak of their offenses against their Creator and that they are completely unworthy and unacceptable by God. But that's what we must do. To go to heaven, sin is acknowledged and sin is dealt with between a person and God. God is not looking for a striver to do their best. He's looking for a sinner that knows that their best is sin before God. That's who he will save. There, What have you done? Have you come before Jesus and seen yourself as a sinner and seen him as the perfect son of God that you might be saved? saved. Please don't let pride keep you in this problem. Is this this yours? Does this trip you up this morning? Because there's a pattern of these things. But if you'll see what you've done and see that it's sin and if you will confess it before the Lord and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you shall be saved. He will save you. Lastly, one more thing. You may be one, two, three, four, or all the above. I don't know because these things trip people up. But what do you have? What do you have, verse 21 and 22? Jesus said unto him, after he said, I've kept all of these commandments. I'm I'm top-notch. I've kept them all. Jesus said unto him, and this is why he said this unto him, because of where he is. Jesus said unto him, if thou will be perfect... Go and sell what thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. That, that's not, you can't do those things and get to heaven. He's reaching this guy where he is in his self-righteousness and his pride. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. There is no pride. There are no possessions. There is no pleasure that is worth walking away from salvation. And that is where Jesus was cornering this young man on all sides so that he could see his need, so that he could break out of this problem pattern that he might be saved. Yet, we see this rich young ruler and what he does, and we see people today doing the same thing. They, they love their possessions. They have too much pride. They are just thinking they're living a life that is pure enough. They love their pleasure in this world. Had a man on his front porch who was asked, why would you reject Jesus right now? And he said, because I'm not through sinning. Man, that's a dangerous thing to do. But people love their pleasure. And you have people that will explore this spiritual truth and and search out eternity and then walk away from it for these things. Let me tell you something today. Punishment in hell for eternity is not worth all the pleasure that you could ever find. There's not enough possessions to make up for punishment in hell after you leave this earth. But what what problem in this pattern is holding someone back this morning? Do you see it? Do you see that it's standing between you and heaven? And God wants to use this to move you past it right to the Lord Jesus Christ that you might be saved from your sins and know Him for eternity. The only thing that it should be between you and heaven, is Jesus Christ. And He's the one that's going to take you there. He's the one that sticketh closer than a brother. He's the one whose blood washes you of all your sins and makes you white as snow. There's no money that's a cleaning agent. There's not enough pleasure that will clean you up. There is nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ and what He has done. Have you been saved by Him today? Will you be saved? And you're not, you're not being asked to start, to start trusting or to try to start believing in Him today. What you're being asked is, will you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now? Do you see your lost condition? And do you understand that you're lost and you would go to hell without Jesus The only way you can know that is by sharing the word and God giving you the faith to believe that and to open your eyes and to see that, that you need to be saved from your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you'll be asked to do right now. Not to pick up a process, not to start trying to do good. You come just as you are and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you do that? Will you do that? or will you walk away sorrowful? One more thing. This rich young ruler walked away from the presentation of truth by Jesus, and he walked away sorrowful. And what else can we know by this? Jesus let him go. Jesus let him go. And your rut might be here, In one of these four problems, it might be one we didn't cover. But don't walk away again. Don't do it again. Trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you don't, He's going to let you go. He's going to let you go out this door, and who knows? Who knows? Trust Him today. Be saved. Let us pray together as we have a time of invitation. If the Lord has saved your soul in this service, how great would it be for you to be a witness of His salvation and share it with all the many who are here. Father in heaven, Lord, we do come before you today. We thank you, Lord, for your truth. We thank you for your personal witnessing encounter that we might see the greatest need of our heart, that we might see the great issues that try to stand in our way by our flesh, by what Satan is trying to do, by our very own pride against the Lord Jesus. Lord, save a soul this morning. May that one run to you for salvation, just to trust. Lord, may a religious deceived world stop trying to do something when Jesus has done everything. And I'm going to thank you in advance for that soul that may rest in Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life, with our sins forgiven this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would all please stand.